Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Corn harvest is starting to roll just about everywhere. Reports are coming in. Looks like, again, it's kind of a mixture between the haves and the have-nots. Reports from the have-nots area, as far as have not gotten rain for July and August, um, on top of the high heat that killed that corn over a month ago. Guys are cutting some 115-day corn planted in May, already down at 16% moisture. This dry area kind of lining across there from Brimfield, Pontiac, Campus, and then north up basically at Interstate 80, looking at 50, 60 miles across there. Um, corn reports coming in in that 150 to 160 range. Moisture is in that 16 to 18%. Talking with some growers, the yield swings are pretty wild from 75 to 220 bushel in the same field. Stock quality is poor and getting worse. Uh, some of the corn, of course, has been dead for over a month, so we would kind of expect that. I know it's, it's discouraging uh, putting all that effort into it up there. I'm going to ask you guys, though, to make sure you're calibrating those combine monitors. We need these maps. So you think, well, I'm not very excited about these yields. What do I want the maps for? These are the maps, though, that will help us go forward as we look at where those 75 bushel areas are versus those 200 bushel areas. So as you're combining that, think about how this information can help us moving forward. Think about what you would do now with this information on your variable rate uh, populations, how we would change that because it is water that's crimping that corn or pulling that yield back. And these are the areas where we would lower your plant populations. And these are also the areas where you think about it, if you had a lower population and a defensive hybrid in there, how would the outcome be different from where you are now? In this same area, we're getting uh, reports of our scorched edges that we talked about earlier. That would be your south and west edges next to bean fields or open areas. Guys are saying uh, this, the outer edges of these fields are 50 to 60 bushel behind the rest of the field, uh, and again, indicating the kind of pressure uh, that we put on there. This same dry area, though, is pretty quiet um, on the bean front, and the late rains did uh, come in there and help those beans, so I expect the outcome uh, to be quite a bit better when we get to the soybeans. The streeter area is still fairly quiet on the corn front, 24 to 27% moisture is uh, being hand-checked out of there, and not much to be harvested yet on soybeans either. Um, over in the Tazewell area, corn harvest is strong. Uh, yields in that 230, 260 range. Talking to different guys and said the corn on beans uh, are coming in 10, 15 bushel above the yield checks. Corn on corn is swinging a little bit crazy depending on genetics and where you're at. Anywhere from right at yield checks to 50 bushel under. So keep that in mind as you're moving forward to your corn on corn fields. Again, the bean harvest there is fairly quiet, not much to report. Here in McLean County, uh, corn harvest is actually getting off to a slower start than I anticipated. Uh, yields are coming in corn on beans in that 220, 240 range right now. Corn on corn in that 190 to 240 range. Some hybrids not holding up in the corn on corn here as well. Moisture ranges have been from 17 to 25%. Uh, moving down in the Decatur Blue Mound area, corn harvest is running strong. Reports at 235, 275, 24% moisture. Uh, again, 10 to 15 bushel better uh, than what it was yield check. Beans are fairly quiet. 
move off towards uh, Winchester down in the river bottom ground. Again, the irrigated stuff is in that 250, 260 range. Uh, if not sprayed with a fungicide, I'm told take 20 to 40 bushel off of that. So the disease pressure is pretty heavy. Non-irrigated ground in the lighter soils, 220 to 240. So again, some pretty decent corn yields from that range. Everyone is asking, uh, is this higher crop yield report for real? And I say uh, uh, what I can tell you is the yields uh, are going to be strong. I think it's going to be in the top three or four finishes that we've had here in Illinois. It's a different year. As guys are, are looking at hybrids that were their leaders last year, uh, they're still in the pack, but they're not the leaders for this year. And corn on corn, again, is kind of a wild card. More concerns there. Uh, guys in the dry area, I can tell you, are thankful for 160-70 bushel. While uh, talking with guys in the area where we got rain that are getting 230 or 230 or 240, I actually thinking they should add more so again as we think about the haves and have nots but I think this is going to be uh, a strong corn crop when we get done uh, and we'll know more we're really on the front end of this harvest yet to see how it's going to shake out um, but I, I think it's going to be again a top three or four finish for the state I do believe this bean crop uh, is going to be one for the record books here in Illinois uh, early beans planted in April Reports coming in so far are bouncing between 70 and 100 bushel and some over that 100 bushel mark. So time will tell if these May beans will stay on pace uh, with the early harvest. I'm not sure our elevators are prepared for this kind of bean crop. So use your farm storage wisely when it comes to soybeans. Even the dry areas that are getting the discouraging corn yields they did, for the most part, get enough rain early enough to salvage a bigger bean yield. So we haven't seen much out of there yet, but I do expect the beans to be um, more exciting than the corn. Questions are coming in. Um, why are the boundaries of my bean fields where I sprayed the Flex Star so far behind in maturity than the rest of the field where the dicamba beans are in the field? Well, this is, this is a common um, phenomenon that takes place. So when we stress beans before flowering, we slow them down. So we're going to delay their maturity. So this is pretty common, for instance, in our burn plots where we're burning soybeans to try to stimulate yield. They will be a week, sometimes two weeks, behind um, the rest of the field. We know, of course, spraying a fungicide slows down the bean maturity as well. But definitely when we stress that bean before the reproductive stages, we expect it to slow down. So what you're seeing on your borders, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is fairly common. Um, and you're just going to have to wait for them. Unlike sudden death, for instance, that stress comes after the reproductive stages are started and it tends to speed up. So we're talking about some of the sudden death fields coming out where there's large areas in the field that are dead uh, and may have died before the bean actually got to maturity. So you're going to have a kind of a wet but tougher cutting bean. So kind of a difference of when that stress comes uh, comes through. I want to make sure that everybody stays on top of the harvest loss. So somebody's got to be checking uh, for header and thrashing loss in both these high yielding beans and in the corn, especially you guys up north where the corn yields are swinging back and forth, rubbery cobs, smaller uh, 
ears, that type of thing. Let's not lose it through the head and let's make sure we clean it off the cob. So I think by variety, by day, it'd be a good time to stop that combine, do a walkabout and make sure your harvest loss are kept tight. Uh, and I think this is something we're going to have to do all the way through uh, the harvest cycle. Pest teams, if you're still out there scouting for your harvest uh, schedule, keeping fields uh, from getting in trouble from a standability issue so they don't fall down, and we are starting to see the standability issues again in the dry areas, um, check for corn borer damage. So we're getting reports of ears on the ground due to corn borer damage to the shank, and I expect as we um, move more and more towards non-GMO corn in some areas that this is going to continue to get um, a bigger issue. But as you're out there checking your non-GMO fields, check the shanks of those ears hanging down, maybe even give the stalk a good shake, see how solid they are. If you start to see those ears on the ground, we need to move that up in our harvest list so we don't end up with um, uh, too much header loss before we even get there with the combine. And the team is out collecting ears off of our hand harvest stuff that we'll do in November. And two of the plots that we have up north have tar spot disease in them. And tar spot is a rather new disease that we've been tracking the last four years. So um, we really don't know much about this disease and we don't know much about what kind of damage it's going to do or potentially can do. But seeing it in two of our variety plots that we have scheduled for hand harvest, we will be uh, evaluating these plots closely to see how much difference there is between the infection rate of the different hybrids and populations. How do they play into that? So while it, uh, it may not tell us uh, much about what the actual damage this um, disease can do, but we'll also be able to kind of look at which hybrids are more susceptible if there is such a thing as resistance to this new disease. So uh, we'll stay tuned and we'll bring that to you this winter. Our plot crews are hard at uh, taking the plots out. Again, give us as much notice as possible so we can stay with you. The soil testing crews are out cleaning up these harvested fields, uh, so don't forget to call them in and we can stay right on top of the combines as well for the fall fertility programs. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.